Lord, everyone. If you got your Bibles, let's go ahead and turn to the book of Revelation. Book of Revelation. We are uh, starting in chapter 8 tonight. Chapter 8. There's some uh, very interesting stuff that's uh, going on in Revelation right now that will be going on in the world. And uh, I think it uh, behooves us to know. Uh, this thing got way too loud. This has got it stirred up. <laughs> Amen. About to get it? That all right with y'all? I don't hear myself thundering anymore. Uh, but uh, we're going to be talking tonight about the opening of the seventh seal. Now, uh, we started in chapter 5, Jesus taking the, uh, the scroll. And uh, in chapter 6, he began to uh, open the seals, and they went pretty quick. Kind of stalled out on the last one, on the sixth seal, and now we're beginning the seventh seal. We're going to find out here that on the seventh seal, there's seven stages to the seventh seal. And so God's, it's God's perfect number, the number seven. So this is the final seal that will be open, but it consists of uh, seven other uh, things that are involved, trumpets, uh, they're called here. And uh, so let's look at, the, uh, at what the scripture has to show us about these things tonight and uh, see if we can make a little bit of sense out of it. If I get somebody to read for me, uh, the first six verses of chapter 8, please. And when he had opened the seventh seal, there was a silence in heaven about the space of half an hour. And I saw the seven angels which stood before God, and to them were given seven trumpets. And another angel came and stood at the altar, having a golden censer. And there was given unto him much incense, that he should offer it with the prayers of all saints unto the golden altar which was before the throne. And the smoke of the incense which came with the prayers of the saints ascended up before God out of the angel's hand. And the angel took the censer and filled it with fire of the altar and cast it unto the earth. And there were voices and thunderings and lightnings and an earthquake. And the seven angels which had the seven trumpets prepared themselves to sound. Okay, so we find here uh, on the opening of this seventh seal, when it was open, the Bible don't, you know, in the previous ones, there was always a come and see or something happened immediately following the seventh seal. I mean, the, the earlier six seals. But this seventh seal, nothing happens. As a matter of fact, for the first time probably ever and maybe the only time ever in heaven, there's going to be silence. Why? Anybody want to venture, venture to guess why? I think maybe because they knew what was coming and they were a little apprehensive, but they were anxious because of the devastation that the, the seven trumpets were going to go in. Absolutely. I think this is the time we mentioned the number seven with God is the number of completion. This is the completion of the wrath of God upon the world. It's not... Something that uh, I think God takes glory in, nor pleasure for sure, because God loves us. Yet He has a plan, He has a method, and He has a way. And you're not going to heaven any other way except the way that He has prepared for us. If you can't go that way, then you will not, shall not, cannot go. Because he cannot lie, he is he's the God of glory, he's holy, he's godly, and those things that he set in emotion are the same for all mankind. 
the same way for everybody. He made it as simple as he could. Believe on his son Jesus Christ. Believe that he came, that he is the son of God, that he lived a sinless life, that he died, that he rose again. Amen. And that he poured out his spirit upon all flesh. This is the simplicity of the gospel. And there's so many people who refuse, absolutely refuse to believe this. And so now it's come a time of reckoning for the world. It's come a time of reckoning and it's a time of the end. It's a time when the finality of the wrath of God is going to be poured out upon this world and the end of it is the destruction of this planet and all mankind as we know it. And it's not something that they're joyously celebrating. It's not something that they want you to come and see. It's something that the, it's a day that the Lord God himself has dreaded coming. But it's here. And it's that time. And so there's silence. There's silence for in, in heaven for about the space of a half hour. Can you imagine being silent for a half hour? Can you imagine in the church no sound whatsoever in a half hour? Can you imagine all the praise and all the stuff that went on in heaven that we've been privileged to in the book of Revelation? All the singing, all the rejoicing, all the worship, and all the noise that was going on. The, the, the thousands times thousands times ten thousands of, of, uh, of people and, and angels to combine and their voices combined and the harps and the instruments playing. And it was a, a grand time of adoration, a grand time of celebration, a grand time of worship before the throne of God, rejoicing to be there. And all of a sudden, that's all turned off. It stops. Nothing is heard for the space of 30 minutes. And then John saw the seven angels, the seven angels that are before the throne. Who can tell me who remembers who the seven angels are? Anyone? They're the seven angels of the seven churches that, that are before the throne of God. And so these seven angels which stood before God, and each one of them were given seven trumpets. Now notice that God gave the seven angels of the seven churches, or the angels of the churches, if you will. The, the, uh, the, the trumpets that would blow to begin the proceedings of what is coming next. And it, gets, it, it starts off horrible, and a lot of stuff that we've already studied has already been horrible. We studied uh, last week uh, the, the great number of people who had died who came out of great tribulation. We know that, uh, that uh, the Antichrist at that time had killed all of those in the earth that was opposed to him. And the only people that he hadn't been able to, to destroy it by this time were those that were in Israel, that, uh, that the 144,000 had brought to salvation, that there were saints of God, the believers in Jesus Christ. And so, so this, is, this is where we are at right now. And so this, when these, this, uh, uh, these trumpets are given to these angels, the Bible says uh, in verse 3, And another angel besides the seven came and stood at the altar, and look what he has in his hand. He has the golden censer. And there was given unto him much incense that he should offer it with, now look at this, with the prayers of the saints upon the golden altar which was before the throne. When you look at this, this, uh, this instrument of, uh, this censer of incense is one where they took the, the fire from the, the altar of incense and the fire from the altar of incense came from the uh, altar of sacrifice 
was the fire that they used. It was placed in this censer with this incense. And when they went behind the veil, <coughs> excuse me, when the high priest went behind the veil, he would cast this incense into this and it made a sweet aroma. And we always were taught the, uh, the altar of incense outside the veil and the incense inside the veil that made a sweet aroma to God, that God favored this aroma. He told them what kind of incense that he wanted uh, them to use. And so they used what he prescribed and he, he liked this odor. And it, and it represents the prayers of the saints. And we see that here because this time instead of putting incense in it, he installs the prayers of the saints. He's going to install the prayers of every person that ever wept and cried out to the Holy God. Whoever shed tears for a lost loved one, who shed tears for the lost nations that they live in, who shed tears for the evil that's around us, who were betrayed by many people, who were killed, who were, who were sacrificed because they believed in Him. The prayers of the saints. Don't think for one minute they went unheard. And don't think for one minute he don't remember every single one of them. He has them in glory right now. And at this time, this, these prayers are put into this censer. And, and they are cast out into, the, into this world. And, and it said it was given to him much incense that he could offer it with the prayers of the saints upon the golden altar which was before the throne. And the Bible says here that the smoke of the incense which came with the prayers of the saints ascended up before God out of the angel's hand. Just like the prayers that we pray. I don't know where you know what a privilege it is to be able to pray to the Father above. What a privilege and an honor it is. What Jesus Christ did for us when he died. And that veil in that temple was rent in twain from top to bottom. And the Bible said after that we were allowed to go boldly before the throne of grace. That we come and make our petitions known. We take our burdens to him. We take our cares to him. And we ask him to receive it all in the name of Jesus Christ our Lord. What a blessing that is. We ought to shout every time we get to pray. We ought to pray every chance we get. We ought to pray without ceasing, like Paul said. We need to pray out loud. We need to pray in our minds. We need to pray consistently, constantly, because God hears them all and has them in glory. Amen. 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 And we need to pray according to His will, not our own. Amen. And now, y'all, those, uh, those prayers that we pray on that gimme, 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 I don't know whether that's part of what he's talking about or not. We, we have the ability to pray. There is nothing more powerful than a prayer. Ask any son that's mother prayed for them when they were lost. And, and ask the mothers that prayed for their sons and the fathers that prayed for their and the wives that prayed for, for husbands and other people. And the Lord heard their prayers and saved them. I've witnessed it in my short lifespan. I've witnessed what the power of prayer can do in people's lives. They, the power of prayer acts and God reacts to it and lives are changed through those prayers. <laughs> Hallelujah. These are the very prayers that are still there with him. He heard every one of them. And a lot of people say, well, he didn't answer my prayer. Oh, yes, he did. Amen. Amen. He did hear your prayer. And, and so we got to understand this. And so the, the smoke that went up, these prayers that went up, and this incense that went up came up before God out of the angel's hand. And the angel took the censer and filled it with fire from the altar. And look what he does to it. He cast it out into the earth. Can you imagine 
that part of the wrath of God is poured out upon this earth as a result of prayers of saints. <coughs> Think about that. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. There's a lot of people who ask God why. Why? Why? How long? How much longer will wicked, evil people prosper and control us and do these things? The time of that is over as of this moment. And those prayers that were prayed is being poured out upon this earth with the fire of the altar. And there were voices. Now look at this. And there were voices and thunderings and lightnings and an earthquake. When those things were poured out, and I'm telling you, these things that are happening in Revelation, it's not just a normal earthquake. Amen. These are world-shaking, world-changing events that cannot be explained away. They are supernatural. Amen. And when God does something supernatural and He points it into whoever He points it toward is going to know that it's Him doing it. Amen. Amen. And so this earthquake comes and, and there's thunderings, there's voices, and there's lightnings, and there's all kinds of things. And, and I, want, I want you to think about this. This time, this, this 30 minutes of silence and what he does in the earth and the seven angels which had the seven trumpets prepared themselves to sound. There's this span of time, this short span of time between the time the seventh seal is opened until the first trumpet is blown. Has anybody got an idea why the Lord waits this long? Why He sets other things into motion before He blows this first trumpet? Any ideas why He would do that? Giving a chance for people to to repent. Exactly. God is not willing. He wants everybody to repent. Jesus made the proclamation early in his ministry, except you repent, you will all likewise perish. Like it or not, like hearing it preached or not, it don't make any difference whether you like it or not. The Bible says what it says, and it means what it says, and it says what it means. And Jesus Christ said, if you do not repent, you will perish. Amen. Repentance is just as much a part of our salvation as receiving the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. It's part of it. The forgiveness of our sins is super important because Jesus Christ paid the price with His own blood for us to be forgiven for those sins. God takes it very seriously. But I believe that this space of time and this silence and all these things that are going on here gives space for people to see the things and think about for a moment and, and stop the wrath for just this brief moment of time and let people look at what's happened in the last a few openings of the last few seals and try to ration out maybe there is a God. Maybe we need to call upon His name. But nothing happens. Amen? Nothing happens that we know of. The Scripture don't tell us of any more, any more people. And so that being said, any questions about this? The first trumpet sounds. Would somebody please read for me verse 7? first angel sounded, and there followed hail, and fire mingled with blood, and there, and there were cast upon the earth. And the third part of the trees was burned up, and all the green grass was burned up. Amen. You know, that don't sound like much if you say it fast. That's one little verse for the first trumpet. And when it sounded... There followed hell mingled with fire and blood. I wonder if this fire and blood that then hell that's mingled is part of this center that he's thrown out. 
as part of the of things from the, uh, and, and maybe even the blood of martyrs, because it says that blood falls too, is mingled with fire and, uh, and mingled with blood, and they were cast upon earth. When you think about, you know, we're fixing to have this uh, this uh, thing in Atlanta about uh, about the abortion uh, deal and how many of those babies that are, have been aborted over the years, murdered, killed, and their blood stains our our world. Their blood stains the hands of every politician that gave permission for that to happen. The blood is on every judge that said it's okay for it to happen. The blood is on every person that it happened with. The blood is on every person that hadn't stood up and said this is wrong. The blood of these children are on hands of the wicked people who instituted it and who carried it out. And this is part of the blood I feel that's poured out upon this world. I believe that the blood of the martyred saints, the ones in the past and the ones in the, in the, in the, in the near past and the ones in the future that are coming, I believe their blood is mingled with it too. I believe part of the wrath of God is the blood of those people who paid a great price to believe in Him. And those who were perfectly innocent, who were murdered by those who don't believe in Him. I don't care how good a Christian they claim to be. Amen? And so this, this, uh, it was mingled with blood and they were cast upon the earth. And look what happens. A third part of the trees was burned up and all green grass was burned up. Can you imagine what kind of effect that would have on our ecosystem? What? Pardon? Oh, yeah, the trees produce oxygen. Matter of fact, they're the main supplier. Well, they're actually not the main supplier of our oxygen in the world. We'll get into later on uh, what is. But it, it, they, they, they provide a lot of oxygen uh, for us. And, so, and not only does that, but the grass also provides food for our domesticated animals, for our cattle and our sheep and our horses and things like that. All of this stuff is there. And so the, these things are things that, uh, that the Lord has, has cast down on this earth that brings this catastrophic uh, first trumpet. And, and uh, what is caused by that, people are always talking about overpopulation. And we're always talking about things that, uh, that this earth is just so covered up with people and there's too many people and there's too many people to feed. And I'm thinking, yeah, I guess that's why our government pays the farmers not to grow crops because there's too many people to feed. Yeah. And so when you think about all the lies that's been told us over the years and the lies that are still spewing out for wicked people trying to get their way and trying to get control over everything. And that's what's going on, by the way. And, and, uh, they, and did you know that 50% that of the people of the world lives in 1% of the land in the world? Did y'all know that number? I looked that number up. It's a statistic that's readily available to anybody. You know where they live? They live on the coastlines. Every nation on both coasts, on the Gulf of Mexico, you think where are our biggest cities? On the Atlantic seaboard and on the Pacific seaboard. That's where our largest cities are. Largest cities in Texas are down on the Gulf of Mexico, down in Florida, all on the Gulf of Mexico. Miami, you think about it. Masses of people live in populations in a very narrow stretch because they want to be close to the ocean. They want to be on the lakes. They want to be on the rivers. And that's where most of the population, 50% of it, lives in 1% in, in of the landmass of this world. 
So we have gigantic masses of forestation that they claim going away. And you can, you know, you can walk behind my house and you can walk for 30 minutes and never see a house in there. You can hear a train, you can hear a car, you can hear things honking, but there ain't nobody there. You go in, up into the, to the Midwest and up into Colorado and the mountainous region, you can't find anybody anywhere. You go up into Alaska and there's millions of acres where there ain't a soul but Bigfoot, he's the only one there. <laughs> And we're so worried about overpopulating Earth. It ain't that. It's just that we all want the same spot. Amen. And we can't have it. Uh, this is supposed to be stuff I told you at a later date, but I'm going to go ahead and tell you this now. But most of the world's population only live in certain areas. Amen. Amen. And, uh, but there are gigantic thousands of square miles of Earth that is almost or is uh, almost uninhabited or has not been touched even by human beings. You know, and when you look at the statistics, it's funny. But I look at a lot of numbers and statistics when I'm looking at this stuff because I'm trying to figure out who's lying and who ain't. And, and, and so you get these numbers that are sent to you that are just all messed up because some liberated nut job that wants you to think the world is overpopulated can't stand it. So you know what they base their numbers on, their percentages? If man has set foot on this, it's been touched by man. Amen. And so 15 years ago, the, the numbers changed drastically in the last 15 years because they want you to think if a man climbed the mountain, it's been, it's been touched by man. It's been messed up. Okay? If they gone hunting, they got a hunting camp in, in the middle of Alaska up there in the middle of a million acres, that whole million acres is kaput. Think about it. The ignorance and, the, and how gullible that they think that we are. And, and, and uh, so there's so much of it that's, that's, but what is there is huge amounts of forest and woodland. It, our mountains are covered with woodland. Our, our gigantic forest and, and all of our uh, uh, parks are covered with forests and they, you know in California they don't let them burn underbrush that's why they have, they have fires like they do out there they don't control burn and so when a fire gets loose it's got so much fuel they can't put the thing out same thing that happened in Hawaii because of that field that was up behind Lahana they, they it was, used to be plowed sugarcane fields they quit growing sugarcane they let it grow up in yellow grass that tall when that water, a fire hit that grass there was nothing that could slow it down and it's just, it's just a lack of being able to take care and control things to stop those things from happening. But it's not being stopped. It's not happening. Why? Because there's evil people who wants to control everything and they use every evil, wicked means at their disposal to do just that. Amen? And so what's God going to do? He's going to destroy a third of the trees. He's going to destroy a third of all the trees. Now, the thing about these, these uh, trumpets and uh, all of these things that are told, he never once gives us a geographical location of where it's going to take place. But I figure it's going to be a third of the trees worldwide. Amen. I believe that every nation and every continent is going to be is going to be touched by this. God's going to be able to do that. Amen. It ain't going to be just every tree in Alaska is going to just die. It's going to be trees all over the world. A third of them. That's a, that's a big number. Amen. Mm -hmm. 
that is a big number. And, and but the thing about it is, think about the animals that require grass, the hay meadows, the gigantic pastures that we have on our big uh, ranches. And I've been on some of the ranches. I've been, been Anita's been on the fifth largest ranch in the world. And it was just covered with, with hay meadows and grass and cows and stuff. Can you, what's going to happen to them when the grass dies? What's going to happen to them when the grass dies? All of those animals that require grass to survive are going to get in sad shape. And if, it, if it's not taking it, now the thing about grass is resilient. But I don't know how resilient it's going to be when God messes with it. Amen? It's gone. Amen. It may be gone, but a third of it is, is going to be gone of all green grass. And look, it's going to be burnt up. Yeah. Just think of the smoke that's from the few fires that have been around. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's going to be burnt up. It's not going to just be died. It's going to be burnt up. And so when you look at these things right here, it's, it's very, very spooky. Think about the beasts of the field. Think about animals that eat deer and other animals that eat uh, green plants and, and what's going to happen is these animals, because it's not going to take long. I mean, you, can, you, can, you can't live without something to eat very long, and animals are nip and tuck anyway. They, they live day to day. They like us. They live day to day. And so when, when there's no food source, then they're in trouble. And there's going to have to be a great slaughter of the cows, a great slaughter of the beef, a great slaughter of everything. And there's also going to be people looking for ways to eat because everybody can't afford to buy the meat. And they're going to be hunters or everything because the, these animals are going to go cuckoo and act crazy after this takes place. And not only that, the air is going to be much thinner. There's not going to be near as much oxygen in our atmosphere as there is right now. And I saw another uh, statistic, this don't have nothing to do with the lesson, but I just got to share it with you. Who can tell me how much the Earth's temperature has risen in the last 100 years? Oh, this one blew my mind. One degree. In 100 years, the Earth's temperature has risen one degree. Lies. Yeah. The airways are filled with lies. You say, well, it's, it's been so hot, and look how hot it was. We set record temperatures. I noticed that. I told you all this the other day. I'm going to tell you again. I noticed two of the 108 degree days that we had here a few weeks ago, and they said this was the record breaking temperature. And when they showed the, the year it broke it, it was in 1890. Mm -hmm. yeah. What kind of factories caused that? How many cars did they have in 1890? Think about it. Lie upon lie upon lie. And they mess with the numbers and the statistics. And so the, the, whoever believes what, the, what one of them says and prints it, that becomes the gospel. Amen? And if you'll look and research it, you'll see all these different numbers and all these different facts. And all this one believes in global warming, so his numbers show that he believes in global And you'll look over here in this and says he don't believe it. And all of his numbers show that it's not near as bad as they say it. Who in the world do we believe? Jesus. I got news for him. Global warming ain't going to burn this place up. The wrath of God is. 
Amen. Amen. So what do we need to be focused on? Saving the planet? Or getting ready to leave the planet that's unsavable? Which one? Which one? I mean, that's your choice. You going to stay here and fight God? Think about it. And so all of this stuff happens at the first, first trumpet. The first trumpet. Amen. Any questions about this? And I know some people, I know some people believe in, in the global warming thing, the Green New Deal, and all that stuff. I personally think it's a bunch of baloney. Yeah. And I think our nation is going to suffer greatly for it. Amen. In the world picture. Because unless the rest of the world is joining us in this, it ain't helping a whole lot. Mm -hmm. Amen. Somebody read for me verses 8 and 9. Second angel sounded, and as if it were a great mountain burning with fire, was cast into the sea. And the third part of the sea became blood. And the third part of the creatures which were in the sea and had life died. And the third part of the ships were destroyed. Okay, so now we see a first, a third of the trees have been destroyed, a third of all the grass has been burned up. No, it says, and all of the green grass has burned up. A third part of the trees and all the green grass has been burned up. And now when the second trumpet sounds, now listen to me, this all takes place in the span of seven years. Amen? From the first, uh, from the, uh, the first seal being opened to the uh, end of the seventh seal, there's a seven-year time span. Remember that. Remember that. And so this stuff here, once he gets into the seventh seal and he, they start blowing his trumpets, happens rapidly. Okay? It's not going to take place over a long period of time. And so when he says when the second angel sounded, he saw something that looked like a great mountain burning with fire and it was cast into the sea. And I, I first thought, well, he saw a meteor. But you know what? In the Bible, when it talks about meteors, it talks about stars falling from heaven. He knows what a mountain looked like. And he saw this mountain that came up and, and it was on fire. And what, what is that a picture of? A volcano. Oh, my goodness. A volcano. You know, I, we've told y'all recently about, uh, about the super volcano we have in our own nation. It's at, uh, it's at Yellowstone Park. And, and, and it, uh, I've looked at a map and it tells the devastation if this thing were to erupt and how many millions of people it would kill once it did. It would just about totally destroy Oregon, Washington, Idaho, Colorado, California. It would just about wipe them out right off the bat. And as it came this way, it would steadily wipe. Even in the state of Texas, as far away as we are, there'll be up to six inches of ash, they think, would we'd be walking in. You're gonna be breathing this stuff. It's gonna send off. But you know what, what he saw, he said that this mountain, it had blown up and it had landed in the sea. Now he don't tell us what sea it is. He don't tell us what ocean it is. We know from, from the, the things that, that I've looked up that the Pacific Ocean has is what they call the ring of fire. And, and from uh, uh, California, outside of uh, Yellowstone Park and off the coast of California, there are volcanoes that are underwater that line, almost line our coastline. They go all the way around. They go all the way around by Japan. 
They go all the way around under Alaska and Russia and go down by Japan and on that side of the world they go plumb on down into New Zealand and down to Tonga and down into the Samoan Islands in the South Pacific and they come back around and come right up to the edge of South America and there's thousands of them. Not just a few thousands of them. Some of them are, the, the deepest one they've ever found was 4,000 feet and they were able to, uh, to, uh, to gauge seismic activity from this volcano 4,000 feet underneath the ocean. The largest mountains we have, the ones on ground, is Mount Everest. What, 26,000 feet? Somebody that knows that, tell me. I don't remember how far it is. The mountains that are in the ocean make, make that mountain look like a hill. They're that big. Did you know the Hawaiian Islands, the one that's got the uh, Kilauea, and uh, they, they are right now, that is an island chain of five volcanoes. Did y'all know that? One of them's still erupting over there. And that is one of the largest mountains in the world where it comes from the bottom of the ocean and comes up and makes a peak and habitable land on top of it and still got a crater in the middle of it. And they're spewing lava. And so what he sees is, and we don't know, because I thought, well, what about the Atlantic Ocean? So I looked at the Atlantic Ocean, and look at, and, and you know what it says? It says that there's also, they said 75% of the volcanoes are in the Pacific Ocean, but there's 25% of them that are in the Atlantic Ocean. Now what's the difference in the Atlantic and Pacific Ocean? The Atlantic Ocean is much colder water than it is in the, in the Pacific Ocean. The colder the water, the worse the effect of a volcano if it erupted and went into the ocean. If it went into the Atlantic Ocean, it would be crazy what it would do because it would set that water to boiling and there would be all kinds of acid that would come up from that. And there would only, not only that, when it hits the cold water, the lava is fragmented and turns into, into glass crystals that enter into the atmosphere. You can't breathe it. You can't, I mean, you can't, it, it'll blind you. It, it'll kill you. Amen? And so it says that this fire was cast into the sea, and look what happened. The third part of the sea became blood. Well, I got to looking at it, and that's one of the things they said would happen if a volcano erupted in the ocean and, 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 and something catastrophic like this, it would turn the water red. Think about it. Hmm. That's a lot to think about, isn't it? He don't give us a geographical location, though. He don't tell us if it's the Atlantic. He just says it's in the sea. Did y'all know all our oceans are connected? They're all connected. Now, we made a few shortcuts, like we did with the Panama Canal. Made a few shortcuts, but they're all connected. They're all connected into actually one body of water. They're just land masses in the midst of them. Amen. And so there are different temperatures and all these kind of things going on. It says, and the third part of the creatures which were in the sea and had life died. Mm -hmm. Woo! Can you imagine that smell? Fish stink anyway. Dead ones really stink. But is it just going to be fish? Y'all know what plankton is? Y'all ever watch SpongeBob? That little green thing with one eye and two little antennas, that's plankton. Okay? They, they're, they're so weird, they're both plant and animal. That blew your mind, didn't it? Y'all didn't know I was so scientific. 
They're both plant and animal. And the thing about it, what makes them both plant and animal, as they plant, they breathe in carbon dioxide and breathe out oxygen, although they're a plant and animal. Amen? Whales eat them. There's not millions, there's not billions, there's trillions of them in our ocean. And since they put off oxygen, they are the chief source of our oxygen supply in the world. Did y'all know that? I didn't have a clue about that. I thought it was trees and grass. Plankton puts out more oxygen for us to breathe in the ocean animals that need oxygen in the water. They're, they're like a, uh, an aeration system for the oceans and the seas. That's what they do. Amen. And can you imagine that big whale that's got that gigantic mouth that could look like he could swallow this room? He's right flying, he's swimming along there with his mouth open, and he's catching them little bitty tiny little things, and that's what he eats. <coughs> Think about it. Think about that. That's how many there are. They can stuff those big old whales. And, and, uh, and so these things, and so this would have this great effect. The, the, a volcanic mountain that was to fall into the ocean, it was to levitate and come up, would fall in the ocean, it would make this gigantic plume of hydrochloric acid, sulfuric acid, volcanic glass particles, and other nasty stuff. Bad stuff. This would release huge thunderstorms into the atmosphere, and it would create what we call acid rain. Amen? That's what it would create. It would create acid rain. Uh, and, and so it don't stop there. Now, look at what else happens. A third part of the creatures which are in the sea. He don't say fish. He says creatures. And it says, uh, and, and had life died. And then something else happens. A third part of the ships were destroyed. Now, this is interesting. And this is the way God works. You know, I, I believe God gives us these signs and gives us these numbers and gives us these things. He does not give us location. And he, he, he's pretty smart, God is. And so I got to looking at ships in the Atlantic Ocean and the Pacific Ocean. I got to looking at the ships and the, the routes that they take. How many can guess what percentage of all ships go from this coastline that way, Pacific Ocean? Which one of them do you think has the most shipping, the Atlantic or the Pacific? The Atlantic. The Atlantic has two to one more shipping. Now let me ask you a question. Who can tell me how many ships in one day are, are commonly found in the ocean at one time? Not military, we're talking about freighters, cargo, Oil tankers, listen to this, uh, cruises, cruise lines, a hundred thousand a day, not counting military. We're talking about just delivery vessels that carry these big, I mean, they're gigantic, those oil tankers are so big. And there's a hundred thousand of them in a single day in the Atlantic and Pacific Ocean combined. You just do the math. A third of them's in the Pacific Ocean, two-thirds of them's in the Atlantic Ocean. Now, who can tell me what is the biggest mountain or island volcano in the Atlantic Ocean? Who can tell me that? 
Probably in Iceland. It's Iceland. Iceland is a, is a volcanic a volcano that's an island. It has some little volcanoes that are active right now, but the summit of Iceland, the nation of Iceland, which is 39,000 miles, is a volcano. Well, that's spooky when you think about it. When you think about what God's fixing to do, He's fixing to lift up something that big. Only God can do that. He's going to blow it up, turn it upside down and smush it into the ocean and do exactly what he said. Exactly what he said. Mm. Amen. What starts it off? Tsunami. What starts it off? The saints. The prayers. The incense. The thundering, the lightning. All this sets it into motion. Amen. Think about this. And the trumpet blast from the second angel does this. Now you get to thinking, and we're going to end right here, and we'll start back up in uh, verse 10. Uh, uh, the What day will that be? The 8th? Go ahead and mark that in your Bible. But i got some, another thought I, I need you to, to listen to. Now, the, 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 uh, the, the mountain going into the ocean is going to turn the water red, that's going to kill a third of all the creatures in the ocean. Okay? It's going to kill a third of them. Now, it's possible with God that there may be more than one mountain. It may happen in more than one ocean. We don't know. We just know this is going to affect the whole world. But if that much of the, of the sea population dies, and a third of all ships, now think about that, now the water turning red ain't going to destroy a third of all ships. The ocean, the, the mountain that falls on them, it may hit a few ships, and it may not. So what is it that's going to destroy those ships? Uh, the big splash that comes with the mountain. That comes uh, as the mountain hits the ocean. So I got to look at how can in the world can it just destroy a third of the ship? Well, if there's 100,000 ships and there's uh, uh, 33,000 of them in the Pacific Ocean and there's 66,000 of them in the Atlantic Ocean, it could destroy that many ships, but how? How's it going to? It's going to be the tsunami. It's going to be the wave that creates. It's going to be a shock wave, but is it just going to destroy ships on the water? I'm afraid not. See, because those tsunamis don't stay out there. They come in. Now, I want you to listen to this. Y'all, I, I, I wrote this down uh, uh, last night about the 15 largest, uh, largest and busiest seaports in the world. Now, the majority of them, believe it or not, are in China. We have the 15th largest. We just got one port in this in this 15 of the largest and busiest ports in the world, which is the port of Los Angeles. We're going to be bringing that port up a little later in our study here. But Shanghai, China, is the biggest one. Okay? Singapore, southern part down below is China, is the second largest. I can't even begin to pronounce these, but the uh, Chinese have one, two, three, four, five, six. Six of the biggest ports in the world because they ship more stuff out than everybody else. Everybody's buying from them. And so if that thing was to hit in the 
in the Pacific Ocean, you could see where it would destroy half of the, or a third of the ships in that ocean. And, but what else is in that ocean that we have that would be affected by a tsunami that would hit each coastline? The Hawaiian Islands, what do we got there? Pearl Harbor. We've got battleships all over, stationed all over the place. It's very possible that these ships, if y'all ever watched the gigantic tsunami that hit Indonesia here a few years ago, one of the largest one that ever happened, there had been a couple of them that hit Japan, I watched boats, big boats, came, came up and onto the land, and when the water succeeded, they were in the, on, sitting on dry land on their sides. Now, it would be catastrophic what's going to happen. Now, this is going to happen to a world a world that refuses to believe in God. They're going to try their best to explain away all of this stuff. They're going to try. And, and you know what a lot of them are going to say? We told you so. If y'all would listen to us, we could have averted this. They're not going to give God any credit. Some of them are going to blame God. But they're not going to give glory to God. God's going to be a time of it's going to be an awful time. It's going to be a time. And see, he don't even mention how many people are going to die in this now. Amen. He don't mention how many people are going to die in these events. It's going to be catastrophic. It's going to be something, I don't know about y'all, I don't want to be here to witness it. Well, just a little thing that happened in Maui. They still don't know how many is dead. Mm -hmm. You know, so you can imagine they don't know. Amen. Amen. So we got a third of the trees, all of the grass, a third of all the sea creatures, and a third of all ships destroyed with two trumpets. And we still got five together. Now, what is another result of one third of the ships being destroyed? You ain't gonna get no, food. No, food. no food. A lot of areas depend solely on those shipping for their food, for their oil, for their gasoline. They depend on it for their clothing. They depend on it, period. And jobs lost. How many people are going to be without work? Think about it. It, it goes far beyond just what it says. When God takes his wrath out on this world, it affects the whole world, not just a part of it. And everything he does is going to be precision. It's going to be precise. Only he knows where it's going to hit. He knows where it's going to hit, where it's going to do what he wants it to do for his wrath to be poured out. I don't know about y'all. I never want to be on that side of him, do you? I want to be ready. I want to be ready for when he comes, I want to go with him. And if I see this, I want to witness it from where he's at and not from here. I don't want to be here. I don't want my family to be here. I don't want my kids to be here. I don't want my grandkids to be here. So what should we be doing in order to keep that high? Praying. And keep on telling them that there's a way to heaven if they'll just listen. To keep on telling them you can't keep going the way you're, and I know they're going to tell you you're judges, they're going to tell you all this kind of stuff. But I, if I was a betting man, which I'm not, 
I never could win bets. I was a sorry poker player before I got saved. But I'm going to tell you, if a child loves their parent, they'll listen to the parent. Might be aggravating. So it, it comes down to this, how much do we love them? That we don't want them to go through this. We don't want them to go through this. I don't want mine going through any of this, do you? I got, I got kid, grandkids in the military. I certainly don't want them going through any of this, or World War III or anything. So we need to pray. We need to ask God for solutions. He can give us solutions. We need to call on His name. We need to lift those people up in prayer. We need to tell them, Lord, whatever it takes to get their attention, would you do that? If it causes them to have to be laying flat on their back in the middle of a highway begging to live, then so be it as long as they seek you while they're there. Amen. That's how important it is. That's how important it is. And we need to be willing to pray the prayer. Lord, we're putting them in your hands. We're giving them to you. You know what it will take to change their heart. Would you do that for me? And then we need to say, Lord, not my will, but yours be done. And wait. Amen? Amen. Any comments? <clears throat> you were talking about the prayers, you know, the mothers praying for their children and husbands and wives and all that. My cousin used to be on meth real bad, and her mom and her daughter, every time they walked by her, they'd lay hands on her, they'd touch her. She didn't know what they were doing. <laughs> and they were praying for her, and they touched her, and she's been off meth probably 10, 15 years. Amen. She knows, and she'll testify to the fact that she didn't realize what was going on every time they just, like, why are you touching me, you know? But they were praying for her, Amen. and it worked. How many of us here right now are here because somebody had prayed for our souls? Think about it. We we saw that old song a while ago. Father, my mother used to say that in the kitchen all the time. And there ain't no doubt how many prayers that woman prayed for my soul. My brother's soul, my sister's soul, and my daddy. There ain't no telling how many prayers she prayed for our soul. Prayers are effective. And the Bible says that the prayer of the, the righteous man, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man, availeth much. We need to be praying that kind of prayer for those that we love and for this lost world. God can do anything. And Jesus said, You have not because you're not asking. We need to ask Him, don't we? Amen. And then have faith and trust Him that He will do what He said He would do. God bless you. We just stand. We're going to have a short time to invitation. Maybe, maybe you're here tonight and you do want to pray that prayer. That you want to trust God for someone else in your life. Someone you know that needs Him drastically that you know He they do. Someone who's lost their way. Someone who refuses to hear you. Maybe you need to pray. 
call on his name, put that person in his hands and say, Lord, you know what it's going to take. I don't. You know their heart. I don't. You know their mind. I don't. Would you do whatever it takes for them to find you and turn their lives around and give it to you? Would you be willing to come up here and pray that prayer?